It's time once again for another episode of Co-Founders Radio. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host, Rich Casanova. All right, we are locked and loaded for another amazing episode of the Co-Founders Podcast. It's actually a, um, this is an early edition. If you're tuning in five years from now, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Uh, what's we love about podcasting in our studio here in Buckhead, Atlanta, um, is it's evergreen. And uh, Craig Williams, you look pretty relaxed over there, dude. Yeah, I thought I'd try to just kind of <laughs> lean back a little in my seat this time. Yeah. You don't have to worry about cameras or anything, so I can relax. I just had a nice walk from our creative space. Yeah, we, we love our creative space yeah. over there and, and uh work. Yep. yep you grab some uh breakfast and lunch and no no yeah. i had a juice for breakfast and looked at the barbecue i had a little bit of the barbecue while okay I was over there i didn't have much time though. Yeah. well we need to have you back is on on food and beverage radio but <laughs> of course so we're talking all things um founding co-founding and uh companies um, here and throughout the country and around the world as well. As well. So uh, let's uh, kick off this episode. We have, uh, we're going to spotlight um, a company and one of the co-founders uh, involved in that organization, Edivate. Learn a little bit more about what, what Edivate is doing and helping uh, folks in the business community and beyond. They have a, a little bit of an international reach as well we'll be hearing about. So uh, Justin Hackney, welcome to the Co-Founders Podcast Show. Rich, it is great being here. Thank right? you for inviting me. Yeah. And yeah. you're kind of a unique guest. You were actually in our pop-up studio at LeaderCast. Right. Sure. And um, gentlemen, tell me, uh, what's your takeaway from LeaderCast? Go ahead. No. <laughs> first, I'm always talking. I mean, come on. You, you can't beat the, the lineup right? of the speakers. Um, the lineup was great. We had Nick Saban there. Yeah. Uh, Wozniak was there. Yeah. Um, Wozniak is a bit of a character. <laughs> he yeah. was. Yeah. I always feel like he uh, he always feels like the little brother to, to Steve. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But to he's me. like the big brother. He was like right. the one that kind of right, right, behind right, the right, scenes. Right. But um, but yeah, it was great uh, and a great atmosphere and, and everyone there was uh, full of energy. So. I mean, an annual event, seven thousand folks uh, in live, and then one hundred twenty five thousand. And we were excited to be a media partner. Yeah, we had our uh, superstar over there at uh, Focus Brands. Oh yeah, She's Cat a, Cole. Cat I mean, something else. We love you. Shout Dynamite. out, Kat. Yeah, yeah. And where's our cinnamon buns, by the way? Yeah. Cinnamon buns? <laughs> yeah. That's probably don't have Cinnabons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cinnabon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we haven't finished drying the ink of the contract for sponsorship. Seems yet. to be a theme about food here. It's that time of the day. Um, so, Justin, before we jump into everything Edivate, mm-hmm. um, tell us a little bit about your story. I know um, you're a big fan uh, from... Kentucky of the World Trade Center, right? You spent some time up that way? Right. So, well, I'm originally from Savannah, Georgia. Okay. Uh, when I'm talking to people that aren't from Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, really, I'm from a, a little town called Richmond Hill, a okay. little, little farm town down there. Uh, Mom uh, runs a little horse business. And, oh. Yeah, so we, we – and she even has a thing about little miniature animals, miniature goats, miniature horses, miniature pigs, all this stuff. Um, so that's where I'm originally from. Okay. Uh, is that s- anywhere near Pooler? It is. I like saying Pooler, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Pooler. It Pooler. is. Pooler, Georgia. Uh, n- now Savannah's growing. Big oh, time. oh, Savannah's yeah. It's got the water, man. On y'all's international pocket. I mean, th- oh. I'm telling you, th- this the uh, the port is is growing exponentially. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I say this is because I am tied with the, in with the World Trade Center. And the World Trade Center Savannah is a great World Trade Center. Wow. Um, and, and they're very focused on import-exports. Oh, yeah. But there. you're a key player of the World Trade Center Atlanta. And is there uh, word out? You're 
vying for position on the board is what I understand. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, yeah. People, uh, I don't know when this podcast is going out, yeah, but yeah. Uh, maybe by the time it goes out, we'll know. It's right, going so. out right now. It's, it's live. It, we're live. It's live. Yeah. It, it'll be evergreen, so it'll be archived. So. I believe uh, the event is on the 22nd of June. It's the World Trade Center um, uh, annual meeting. Okay. Um, and we're going to have a, a, a lineup of speakers as well. Um, I believe we're going to have some government officials there giving out awards and stuff like that. So, um, well, And you mentioned the Port of Savannah. I mean, the, the mayor and the governor were very instrumental in, uh, in making a lot of that come, come into, into, into place. And um, before we get too much off topic, we definitely yeah. need to have you back for the, for the World Trade Center. We've been yeah, talking about international. That'd yeah, be a yeah. good conversation for international business radio, too. Yeah. Now, port, ports are always considered. That was the old Internet. Yep. Yeah. Channel. <laughs> right, exactly. You know yeah. what I'm right. saying? <laughs> all the information, all the goods came through ports. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, like I said, just backing up, I, I come from Savannah. Uh, I come from a military family. That's how we ended up in Savannah. Uh, okay. So I did a lot of traveling before that. And um, and then I uh, went to school. Or actually, let me backtrack. Sometimes I forget about this. As a small child. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's start with When, when, when I was uh, 18, I was a, a young man looking for adventure. I think like most uh, young guys are, and I joined the Army. And, Thank you for um, your service once again. Absolutely. Uh, and I, they sent me off uh, to North Iraq to Mosul and uh, did my tour there and came back, and I had 20 years of my life planned out. And <laughs> Now, my philosophy is a little bit different nowadays, <laughs> but I had 20 years of my life planned out. I wanted to be uh, you know, a general in the Army. I wanted yeah. to, to really make it in the Army. And so I went to University of North Georgia, right up the road from here, okay. up on 400, right. in a, a little town called Dahlonega. Awesome town. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, I, had a, I just had a sour taste in my mouth uh, for the military in general after uh, something like that. And so it just didn't last. And life happens, and, and my 20-year plan came crashing down <laughs> on me. And um, I had to figure out where my place in the world was, and I just randomly took an international affairs class. And so I really started falling in love with um, this global economy that we that we live in today. Absolutely, and that's how I got involved with the World Trade Center of Kentucky. Um, a man by the name of Ed Webb uh, is the president of the World Trade Center of Kentucky, and he kind of took me under his wing and um, and showed me the ropes a bit. Um, also, Sherry Malkins, I have to give a shout out to her because she really, uh, she was the, the coordinator while I was there and, and she really, you know, um, uh, taught me a lot. And I quickly realized this whole thing of uh, this, this um, whole thing called world trade and how powerful it really was. And because um, we don't see it, mm-hmm. you know, we drive around our cars and we don't realize every day that they come from Japan or wherever and all the parts inside mm-hmm. of it come from Germany and, and, you know, they were assembled elsewhere. We don't see it happening, but it truly affects our daily lives. And I wanted to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And so it's always been a passion of mine. So how'd you end up here in Atlanta? Well, um, after school, I traveled to Europe and, um, you know, lived in Europe for a little while, studied architecture in Paris, backpack, did my backpacking stint. Check that off your list. Yeah, lived under, you know, camped out under bridges in Zurich and went to Oktoberfest, and that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. (laughs) That is definitely international business radio. Um, So after you you run out of... Bring it home here. Right. After you run out of money and visa, uh, (laughs) you come back into the real world, and I started working for an uh, international uh, trade company. They were a courier company. 
Um, and uh, not going to mention any names, but we were doing, we were shipping biosciences, life sciences, pharmaceuticals, things like this. And, um, and while I was there, and this was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Right. And while I was there, I started my own uh, house flipping business. Uh, and that's when I really started learning about website development, yeah. SEO, all you know, podcasting, all this really fun stuff, right, right. video production. I was kind of, I was just bootstrapped. And when you're bootstrapped and you have this idea, you got to get creative. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I still had that, that passion for international trade and for education. Um, and, uh, and so when I wanted to move back to Atlanta, because I really see the opportunity here in Atlanta, Atlanta is, you know, some people look at it and say, well, it's, it, it's already had its day as far as the growth. No, it's still growing. Oh, and sure, it's growing yeah. big time. Just getting started. Or it's just getting started. Um, so I wanted to move back for that reason. Also, all my friends are here and, you know, I have family here and I, I, I have two nieces now. Um, and uh, I want to see them as much as I can. So yeah. um, when I made that decision to come back, uh, I reached out to our CEO, Gareth Jenner, who you mentioned had been on the yeah, podcast yeah. before. And um, our goals just aligned. And he realized that uh, my passion for uh, not only international trade, but more importantly, education, um, really um, uh, re- really come into play in this, this next role that I would have in this next chapter of my life. And that segues right into Edivate. So describe... Right. Folks, uh, when you meet somebody, uh, Justin, what's Edivate? What's Edivate? <laughs> well, Edivate sets up and manages uh, corporate universities. So basically what that looks like is it's employment-related education programs. It's all online. Uh, they're, they, they're accredited, and they're very, very affordable. Um, and that's what Edivate does. So that continuing ed? It can uh, be. Okay. It can be continuing ed. Um, you know, a lot of... Uh, you get a lot of uh, questions like that. Continuing ed, or is it company training? It's more than company training. Gotcha. Uh, because what we use is micro degrees. And now, uh, you know, we've all done company training, right? Mm-hmm. And we've mm-hmm. done these, you know, learning management uh, systems and, and, and not um, dogging on there or anything, but a lot of times what happens is employees will just Christmas tree. Yeah. And no Thanks. learning really takes place. Just hang something else on it. And so we're looking at this continuum where on that side, you have that on one side of the continuum. On the other side of the continuum, you have really great uh, programs. Let's look at seminars. Mm-hmm. Seminars are great. They have their place, right? right? Um, but after two days, after that two-day seminar is done, the education stops. Yeah. And so then there's a the question of, okay, are, are we retaining what we're learning? And that, that very expensive seminar that I just sent my employees to how good did it really do? Um, and so this is really just what we're offering at Edivate is on demand. Mm. Um, you know, uh, it's evergreen. And it's a credential that your employees can take with them. And so it gives them a huge incentive to do well. In the space of human capital, because that's really what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about uh, world trade, that's pretty much a system that we engage each other for growth and sustainability. Right. Uh, but when it comes to uh, human capital, it's very much we always have to constantly be thinking to reinvest in ourselves. And when you talk about education, uh, we, especially when you mentioned the, the, the Christmas tree, we need something that's transferable because the longevity mm-hmm. with relationship to the, the businesses or the companies that we're with, we as human beings, and it sounds like Edivate is one that's truly interested in, in making sure they're reinvesting in their future, not so much in their present because 
there's just the possibility of you being with the company that you're with now may not be. So it has to be information and a valuable uh, content that transfers over to other uh, businesses. So you're really good at segue into <laughs> other things. Is this what you do for a living? Yeah. Uh, something like that. <laughs> uh, so it's it's all about the the core. You know? <laughs> That's why I work from the core in. So one of our biggest clients is a call center out of Guyana. Uh, am I saying that right? Oh, Guyana? Yeah. Guyana? I've Guyana, heard it say tomato, Guyana. Tomato, tomato. Right. Potato, potato. I usually say Guyana, but Guyana uh, maybe well. I, I've been corrected before. So, uh, Guyana. Guyana. And uh, they employ a lot of people. And uh, when we made contact with them, uh, their turnover rate uh, was, um, wasn't where they wanted it to be. And we came in and we built a, an education program uh, that was custom to their company. And it inc- it, we're looking at increasing their retention rate by three times. Mm. So if you can imagine a company that every time they turned over an employee cost them $4,000 and we extend their retention by three times. Wow. Now our program, now our education program, is if, if it's successful, suddenly becomes worth $12,000. Most definitely. And we're only charging $190. There you go. <laughs> ROI. That's <laughs> right. ROI. That's some serious ROI. Yeah. Right. And so it's, uh, and that is definitely a value prop that we uh, hound on a lot um, is that, that price disruption. Uh, you know, when you have a lot of these, man, and this is a topic that has been on the table. Um, everyone has had this conversation about tuition, the cost of tuition, or the right. cost of education. Absolutely. And it's an interesting topic because you have people that have really strong opinions about it. I re- just, just this morning, I posted a um, – it was someone else's video that they've done about the cost of tuition. And the reason why it's rising is because uh, – or one of the variables is because they're spending so much money on sports teams. Mm. <laughs> right. Uh, th- there, was, there was one school that, that – they, they, they were spending $23 million on a sports on their sports teams. And they were only making $11 million off it. Well, someone has to pay for that gap. Exactly. Yeah. And it's going to lie on the student's shoulders. Well, shouldn't it be the, um, the cost of your coffee, but the investment of your education? We shouldn't be talking about cost of education. It's an investment. Like you're talking about, whether it's um, public schools or business education uh, and, and your space, it's that um, retention Right. I mean, but but cost is a huge factor. In any operation, if you look yeah. at if you look at this, uh, let's go back to this call center in, in Guyana. The end user, our our students right, that right. are enrolling in these programs, don't have a whole lot of resources. If you can imagine, oh yeah, right. I mean, if we're going into these countries where uh, resources are scarce, um, third world countries, right. Um, it, it does it does matter a lot Big time. and so can we give them an education uh that's equivalent to a harvard education right that's equivalent to mit uh and can we get it to them for free and so our motto is higher education lower cost and we really live and die by that so talk to us about your our, your business model our middle name is business uh we're on a business platform um what's the scalability here what's the uh the you know the day-to-day operations what do you expect right and so um let me back up and and point out some of our competitors some of our competitors include udacity udemy uh coursera um a lot of these companies are targeting the end 
consumer, B2C, right? right. Okay. They're, they're, tar- they're targeting uh, students to take their courses. Right. That takes a lot of money to market. <laughs> that yeah. takes a lot of money. It's true, yeah, to the masses. Um, I think it's much more efficient to target companies uh, to, that are already investing um, and I forget the number, but it, it, it's somewhere in the billion dollars where companies, U.S. companies alone, are investing in, in uh, education uh, for their employees. So they're already spending. It's already earmarked, mm-hmm. right? right? Let's get them to buy into a program like this. Uh, let's, let's look at company training and, and, and professional development a little bit differently. And so that's what our business model is, is we are, we are f- going out there. We're finding companies that... Um, need this sort of online education, uh, and they need to step it up. Gotcha. Right? And uh, and they're going to enroll their employees uh, in the end. Yeah. And that's our business model. We're not targeting. We're not targeting the student. Yeah. Right. We're targeting the companies. Well, that, I mean, that's how I look at entrepreneurship and the, the businesses. Most of the businesses that we serve here at Pro Business Channel is we're a complement to the big business. Because big business, they have the budget, so they can go after the, the masses. You know? Right. And the creativity and the innovation that comes from entrepreneurs, we, we, we 